Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 423. On this episode of the now monthly podcast, we've got some cancellation and renewal news. Well, a whole bunch since the last episode was beginning of June. Uh, and then we'll also be talking about uh, some of the Comic-Con at home panels uh, due to the pandemic. Comic-Con is going virtual this year, so uh, we'll be talking about some of that. Uh, we'll also be previewing uh, some of the uh, Peacock Network's uh, new shows, uh, and then uh, be talking about what we've been watching over the last month since uh, we recorded last. Uh, as always, you can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 423. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com. I'm Kyle from noreruns.net. And I'm Lynn from TV Times 3. Thank you both for joining me to talk about, uh, well, a whole bunch of stuff uh, that we've got uh, going. First up, uh, TV news. And when you don't do uh, a weekly podcast, it starts to pile up, <laughs> especially uh, here. But uh, thanks to uh, Kyle for uh, compiling this list. Because I think I would have maybe had half of these. Uh, that, uh, but anyways, we'll go. We'll start with ABC, which has canceled the Baker and the Beauty, and then also renewed for Life uh, for a second season. And then, uh, just uh, as of today that we're recording, Amazon has renewed Hannah for a third season. Uh, AMC has renewed Gangs of London for a second season. I didn't even know there was a season one. And then also a creep show for a third season. And uh, that show also second... plays on Shudder. Yeah, I don't think the second season has even aired yet, but they picked up for a third. And then uh, BET has renewed 20s for a second season. Uh, the CW actually did cancel something. <laughs> this this past season they canceled Katie Keene uh, and then uh, they've renewed Stargirl which will now be on the CW and not a DC Universe show that then also airs on the CW uh, for its second season I gotta think that's a sign that the DCU as a video option is probably going to be going away yeah I can't imagine that that would be a thing when they have HBO Max that way you would think that they would put the content there or on one of the various networks you know HBO Cinemax the CW uh, you know TNT TBS all the other networks that uh, are now underneath that uh, it would be uh, it would be weird I don't know DC Universe, because they've already taken other things away from it. That, yeah, Doom uh, Patrol is now like a... I don't know. I think it's still a co-production. I think it still shows up on both. But but there's, then there's other things that are still only there, like Titans. And actually, I think they took away the um, Harley Quinn show. I think that's going to be going to HBO Max, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but, it just yeah, seems like I, a weird thing to have. I mean, I could see, I don't know, I could see it maybe going the other direction, like 
you put the shows on whatever, and maybe you put them on DC Universe for people that don't subscribe to the other things but are interested in that stuff, but not making things that are DC Universe exclusive stuff. Yeah. I mean, they did start offering DC Universe subscribers like you can get a nice five dollar pay five dollars to upgrade to HBO Max. So it's like, why are you trying to get these people to leave if you're going to keep it around? I mean, they still have the comics and some other stuff. So maybe it just becomes like a like a comic service and not necessarily original video content. Yeah. All right, and uh, Disney has renewed Amphibia for a third season. Fox has renewed The Great North and The Moody's for second seasons. That's going to be a fun one. The Moody's, I I think, it it just made me laugh the first episode, and maybe it's just being super patriotic, but there was a whole lot of very funny Canadian comedians in that show, so... Plus, I got, you know, an ugly sweater from Fox, so I'm very happy about that. I wonder if the Great North takes place in Canada, too. It's like a Canadian double feature that got picked up. Take off, eh? (laughs) uh, I'm I'm glad. I mean, after watching the Moody's, I was, like, hoping that they came back. Like, it seems like a thing. Uh, And as... uh, I was saying, like, I wonder how they were going to do it because they didn't say what another season was going to be. But as Kyle, you were saying before we started recording that. uh, Yeah, the original Australian show, I I think it jumped every year. Each season was like another like the family getting back together for the holidays again. So I think it's maybe they'll do something like that where it's just like it jumps ahead and then you see where all these family members are at a year later to see what's going on in their lives or like Lynn was suggesting, maybe it's a different holiday each time or something and we'll see how, what they do with it. Maybe it just depends on when they can film it and when they can fit into the schedule. That's what holiday they'll do. Like they're not going to film it till Christmas time and it's not going to air until the following year. Then maybe they don't do Christmas, but. Or they green screen the decorations and they just switch it out based on <laughs> yeah. what, when they can do it. But who doesn't love Dennis Leary and, and sarcasm and snark over a holiday? You know, it's, you know, it doesn't make your teeth hurt when you watch it. Like all those sappy Christmas stuff. Maybe I'm becoming an old cynical person. I don't know. I wonder how many of those we're going to get this year. Are you talking about, yeah, all the, uh, yeah, all at, at this rate... Uh, if things don't come back uh, soon for filming, like uh, you're not going to have 31 days of Christmas movies on Hallmark or whatever. Or they'll oh, just yes, be, you will. They'll just be, oh, they'll just rerun them. Well, I know. I'm just it. saying, but there's only five plots in general anyway. They have exactly. But I'm just saying there won't be a whole lot of new ones. Yeah, uh, but can you really tell the difference? Swap out one. You get, you get, you get the the person who was in Party of Five. There, she's in almost all of them. Um, I can't Lacey think of the actress. Yes, Lacey Chabert. She's in like at least half of them. And then, um, well, of and then course. Candace Cameron Bure was in a few. Yeah, and... You take you take uh, all your you know some favorites from TV yesteryear that are now <laughs> you put them into the. Uh, the, the romantic comedy like that's uh 
that's the draw is to see is like, oh, I haven't seen her in anything or him in anything in a while. Who needs a mortgage payment paid for? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, HBO has canceled Run. Uh, and then uh, they've renewed Betty and We're Here for second seasons. And uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm will be coming back for an 11th. I'll keep watching Curb Your Enthusiasm as long as they make it. Like, And the sad thing is I find myself actually agreeing with him most of the time. I'm like, what did he do wrong? He's in the right most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they make him out to be the bad guy. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the, uh, the, it's very autobiographical for Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, for that show, I mean, I like the way that it's kind of just left open-ended. Like, they don't just say, oh, we're done, or whatnot, they, but they leave it so they're, you know, it could be one every year, could be a couple years. It's basically when Larry David gets a new idea that seems like it could be good, uh, they go back and they make some more episodes. Whenever he needs some more money, he yeah. just, uh, <laughs> just hey, uh, let's do another season. <laughs> uh, HBO Max has renewed Infinity Train for a third season. Uh, which was previously on Cartoon Network. And then they've also renewed Legendary and Love Life for second seasons. I did enjoy the first season of Infinity Train. I had never even heard of it, and then they sent me the DVD for review. So I'll probably check out this. Each season's like a completely, it's like an anthology animated series. So each season's like sort of related, but they're different characters. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check out the third season. I think they put the first two seasons on HBO Max now as well. So, Love Life, I never finished the first season, but maybe I'll eventually finish it. As with uh, all the the streaming stuff, like it's always there. <laughs> like you can just just like, oh, I'll get to that. Although I've been watching way more streaming stuff than ever these days. When before it was like the complete opposite. All I would watch was stuff off the TiVo. Now there's nothing on the TiVo. I'm watching streaming all the time. Yeah, there's not been a whole ton to record as uh, this is definitely not. uh, Well, the mid-season didn't have as many shows because they started keeping things for later. Uh, And then same with the summer there's not as many new things premiering over the summer as there has been in you know the past few summers, and so yeah, the uh, I think uh, I think our DVR is at like six percent or something. Like, it's, oh, mine's still at eighty eight percent, but like, it's all shows that I should just delete that I'm never gonna watch. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, we've either watched or just gotten rid of the things that we're not gonna watch, or and. Uh, but there's not a ton that's being that's being recorded like uh, right now because most of the things that we are uh, watching are on the streaming services. But uh, we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Next up, uh, Hulu has canceled Harlots, 
and then renewed Crossing Swords uh, and The Great for uh, second seasons and Letter Kenny for a ninth and uh, Raimi for a third and Solar Opposites for a second and a third. I really enjoyed Crossing Swords, but I will get to that at the end of this podcast. <laughs> and I'm, it's I'm not, really... What are you talking about, Kyle? It's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I'm really glad that Letter Kenny is doing so well. As we, Kyle and I have both agreed on previous podcasts, that it is an acquired taste, but... The fandom is massive, and if you ever run into somebody who is a fan of the show, they will talk to you at length about it. I guess I'm guilty of doing that for some shows, too. Um, so it's great that a Canadian show yeah. is now in its ninth season. It's, yeah. like, almost unheard of. It's like apparently, it's like a Christmas miracle. Apparently, once you acquire the taste, you can't get rid of it. It's, it's just <laughs> right. stuck in your mouth. IFC has renewed Sherman's Showcase for a second season. This one I'm actually excited about. And to be honest, I had only um, seen it when we were doing the ATX television festival from the couch and they showed part of it. And it's really, really smart and really well done. So that's actually one that I'm going to go back and put on my list to watch um, in advance of the second season. So, And then... Uh... NBC finally got around to officially canceling Bluff City Law. Uh, they've also can can they've also canceled cancel. <laughs> I can't say cancel and cancel. Cancel. They've also canceled cancel of dads. See, that's how it would work. <laughs> they've also canceled cancel of dads. Uh, indebted. Uh, Lincoln Rhyme hunt for a shorter title. Uh, and Perfect Harmony. While they have renewed Manifest for a third season, uh, and then also Transplant and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist for uh, second seasons, uh, Transplant, which is a Canadian show that they picked up to air in the fall, <laughs> so season one will air in the fall, but it's already picked up for a second season. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm disappointed that Perfect Harmony is gone. That one I actually enjoyed, but I'm happy that Zoe's extraordinary playlist. At least there's one musical show still on the on their roster. <laughs> well, that one turned out. Well, both of them turned out way better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, the, uh, I mean, ultimately, it wasn't the singing in Perfect Harmony. It was the small town. Comedy, which is the same thing why, like, a show like Bless This Mess that also got, uh, you know, canceled or something like that, I really liked. I don't know. the uh, It's the, the some of these small town things where they you get all these eccentric characters and things. Uh, they were really, uh, I thought they really came together as a, a good ensemble in Perfect Harmony. Uh, and uh, that's also when I was disappointed it got canceled. And I, I liked Lincoln Rhyme and would have watched uh, another season if they were hunting for something else. A shorter title? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure... Uh, well, I don't know what the other titles of the books are, so... Uh, yeah. 
I like still that then the hunt for the and then insert <laughs> something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it too. And I, I, the, you know, the weakest link to me was actually Russell Hornsby, who played Lincoln Rhyme. I know, like, he was supposed to be sort of a little bit aloof, but I just found like he was super flat. But I'm starting to think like Ariel Kebble is like, you know, I want to say cancel culture because it's not the right terminology, but she's starting to become like cursed. She's like, it seems like all the shows that she's been in lately have been canceled pretty quickly, which is kind of sad because she's she's really great. So um, and Bluff City Law, I don't know why they waited so long to cancel that one officially. Yeah. I mean, it had it had so much potential, but then they they pushed it. And I think it's like the streaming service victim of streaming services where, you know, they don't want things to play out slowly. They feel like they have to throw everything out you know, in the first few episodes instead of letting, you know, characters developed or having those aha moments. But yeah, like you guys with Perfect Harmony and and Zoe's too, it's like I wasn't expecting a lot. And, you know, the the final, the finale for Zoe's was pretty darn impressive stylistically and just like pull at your heartstrings. So I'm excited about that. And transplant i'm hearing good things and i think the reason why it's going into second season let's be honest because i think they're thinking that the canadian canadian production will open up a little bit faster than the u.s and uh it's you know i i've heard really good things about it anyway but i think it's one of those things like you know during the writer strike where flashpoint and do south ended up on u.s broadcast airwaves i think it's like one of those reasons well, yeah, I think it's also because they already have a season in the can, so there's something to to yeah. to put on. But I think it's also like it's kind of funny saying that NBC has renewed it when it's probably would have got renewed whether NBC was buying the rights to play it down here or not. Um, well, that'll help make a second season too with financing. So, yeah. but yeah, it's you know it's a little different spin on you know. Got to have a medical, legal, or police drama. So throw those back in there. Well, yeah, since they canceled a legal and a family and a police drama, they've got to yep. get those back uh, somehow. Got to hit their quotas. Uh, Netflix has canceled Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And then they've renewed hashtag Black AF uh, for a second season. Uh, they picked up Cobra Kai for its third season, which was previously on YouTube for the first two. Uh, they've renewed The Crown and Lucifer for sixth and final seasons, although everybody thought that the fifth season of The Crown was the final season. Well, because originally they were only going to do they were only going to do one season with the Middle Queen, but then they decided she deserved two. So they shoved. It's actually they sort of renewed it for a new fourth season because originally she was supposed to be gone after this. Season. Yeah, like a twice as long uh, fourth season. Uh, and then uh, Dead to Me and the Kaminsky Method are also been renewed for third and final seasons. Uh, the Last Kingdom for a fifth season. Never Have I Ever for a second season. And Ozark for a fourth and final season. Lots of uh, final seasons. Final seasons. Re- things. 
I, I did really enjoy the first season of Never Have I Ever, so I'm looking forward to that one. Ozark, I got okay. all caught up before the third season, and I never watched it. So now I gotta I gotta watch that third <laughs> season before that final season airs. But uh, yeah, I mean, Cobra Kai is one. I assume if if the uh, first two seasons are also going to. Yeah, they're also going to have them on Netflix. Transfer over to Netflix, yet. they'll actually go back and maybe uh, watch that. Uh, that was really good. That's definitely worth checking out. And then uh, Lucifer is one that you know I watched, uh, but haven't watched since it went <laughs> over to uh, Netflix. So that's one to uh, maybe uh, I'll catch back up with as well. Well, the first then, Netflix season was only like 10 episodes, so it's quick to catch yeah. up. And then, uh, and then Ozark's on the list of things to start watching. Yes, definitely. I just want to skip to the third season so I can see Tom Palfrey in it, but I now have to follow the rules and, you know, watch sequentially, but. I have to know what's going on before I see the actor I want to see in it. No, I know. Well, he's just brilliant in everything. And I've heard like he it's Emmy worthy. So, you know, although I love Jason Bateman, too. So I can't believe I've waited this long to watch it. So I'm excited about putting that on our list. Uh, PBS uh, slash BBC two has uh, renewed Vienna blood for a second season. Uh, Peacock has renewed the capture for a second season. Spoiler, that's my favorite of the new Peacock shows. <laughs> we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that uh, <laughs> in uh, well, a couple segments from now. Uh, Quibi has renewed Punked and Singled Out for second seasons. Uh, it's so if, nice that they think they're going to be around. If they're, still, <laughs> if, they're, if they're still around by the time those get done. Uh, Stars has renewed Hightown for a second season. Uh, Sci-Fi has canceled Vagrant Queen, which was terrible. I actually, I, I see. I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was that bad. I think the biggest mistake was in moving it to 11 p.m., where it just got forgotten about. Like I didn't even remember it was on because I'd look at the primetime schedule. You wouldn't even see it listed. Yeah. Because it's not in a normal time. Once they push it out to 11, it just got like forgotten about. I don't know. For me, I watched the first episode and it just felt. It felt like a cheap foreign production well yeah but uh, but also sort of uh and then when you compare it to something similar like killjoys it was so less than (laughs) and then but production wise i don't know if they were i couldn't it wasn't one i couldn't tell whether they were going for super cheesy production wise or like that's just what it was (laughs) or or that's just how it it came (laughs) off but it seemed it. I don't know. It just didn't seem. Uh, yeah, go back and watch Killjoys. That's a better option. <laughs> uh, USA has renewed The Sinner for a fourth season, and then uh, YouTube has canceled Escape the Night. I hope another network picks that up because I wanted to see that. It looks like it's like an escape room type of mystery show and I, I wanted to see that and we're in for four seasons but i don't get youtube premium so i hope it's like a netflix thing where someone else picks it up and and airs it 
Yeah, and there was and once they dropped some of their shows and then and and stuff like there wasn't cuz some of the other stuff that's out there on the the premium stuff that's not these types of shows like none of that stuff really interests me so but to to go in just for like a couple of shows that's where it's hard when you're just sort of starting out and now they're basically kind of going away from uh, that type of uh, content. But uh, that'll do it for the news. All, uh, what, like, uh, a lot Five of million shows? Should have counted them up, but a lot of shows. Some of those, though, that, like, the NBC stuff and whatever, like, you had to wait, like, a really long time before they finally got around to making decisions on stuff. I wonder if they were just trying to figure out when production was going to resume and if they should keep some versus. Yeah. I mean, try something new. Plus never, I never, since they didn't really do the upfronts and stuff, never really heard about any, like how many pilots got made, you know, before things shut down, like, uh, what, type of potential content do they have uh foreign content yeah i know that but that's that's what i found interesting is like i would have thought some bubbly shows or stuff that you know maybe didn't do that well on the network still might have gotten you know like a second season there was you know there was that period of time just ramp it up yeah you know there was that period of time on nbc where a bunch of things got subsequent seasons because they were, you know, NBC was in last place and people weren't watching stuff, even though it was good. Like Friday night lights and uh, other things back in the day. Cheers back in the day. Yeah, But that's all stuff that they were watching. There was a period of time after all, but they didn't do well, but they didn't do well. Like Seinfeld was a bubble show. Well, things that did not do well. Well, things at the beginning, but I'm talking about there was a period of time where so many shows got, you know, there were some comedies that got subsequent seasons and and things like Friday Night Lights that they kept looking to try and make because it was quality stuff, just nobody was watching, but they didn't have anything they had coming, didn't have any better prospect than the stuff they had. And so, I, I don't know, I thought that... Uh, I didn't think as many things would have gotten canceled as uh, as they did end up canceling, but uh, I don't run a network, so I, you know. And if I did, it would probably go out of business because I'd want to keep everything that was good that nobody was watching <laughs> and throw away the the crappy stuff that people were watching for whatever reason. Uh, all right, well that's enough with the news, and we'll move on to Comic Con at home. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, the giant Comic-Con in San Diego has been canceled this year, uh, as so many things have been. And uh, but Although not, it's been replaced by a giant virtual yeah. Comic-Con. <laughs> it's a, I, I have to say, it's, way, it's a way bigger virtual Comic-Con than I thought that they were going to, uh, to do. I mean, 
it feels like they didn't cut out any panels that they would have had <laughs> that they would have had there. Like it seems like what they would have had there and even more for panels. Cause they even have the smaller panels as well as like the industry panels and the show specific panels. Yeah. Like I mean, there's so much. There's uh, there's tons of stuff. Uh, so we'll, uh, I mean, we'll have links uh, to the, to the schedule and where you can find more and, and get links to where it'll all be streaming and stuff on their, uh, I'm assuming various YouTube channels because they've got stuff that's streaming at the same time. Uh, like there's so many things that they're streaming multiple things per hour. In the, just like, I think you should be able to watch some of it. Most of it, I think you should probably be able to watch for some period of time afterwards. It's not like you have to watch right then, but I wouldn't push it out too far. There's probably certain deals of yeah. when stuff, how long they can keep stuff up. Well, let's just hope that they've got the bandwidth to do it and that it doesn't crash like it did for the Muppets one. And I don't know if that was just some fluky thing, but there was at one point when I was watching a Muppets um, virtual reunion sort of panel on YouTube, there was at least 2,000 people at one point. And for something like Comic-Con, I can imagine that for some of these, it's going to be more than 2,000 people watching. I would assume YouTube has, like, it has the fair warning that Comic Con yeah. is coming. That they yeah, can exactly. spin up some extra bandwidth there and <laughs> and get ready. Comic Con bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, well, they're also doing things like I mean, various different places are putting up the content as well. Like, uh, like all the Amazon panels, they're going. Amazon is going to have their own virtual con. Uh, website that it's going to have their content also streaming off of that uh, as it uh, once it uh, airs or you know plays during uh, comic-con and uh, and I, I saw a couple other places that looked like they were also going to so I think it's there's also going to be multiple places to you know find or get to it uh that not necessarily is all just off of, uh, even just off of YouTube, but, uh, the main thing will be streaming those things. But, uh, as we all went through, uh, the schedule to pick out things that we were interested in, uh, Kyle came up with the, uh, <laughs> largest list of things that he's interested in. So we're going to have Kyle go over his list and then Lynn and I will jump in on, uh, things that we're also interested in. And then uh, if there's anything left over that Kyle happened to have missed <laughs> that we were I doubt in, it. <laughs> uh, Lynn and I will jump in at the end of this segment and talk about those. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the few things that uh, are on my list are going to be on uh, Kyle's list as well. So I think the only TV things I left off for the show is I wasn't caught up on. <laughs> so, <laughs> like his Dark Materials. I never watched season one. Otherwise, that would have been on my list. But... Uh, but yeah, so I, I broke my list into returning shows, new shows, and then the other miscellaneous panels that seem to be covering uh, a lot of, like it has people from various shows or it's covering a certain person, things like that. So uh, on my returning shows, there's probably like 20 something here. So I will just go through these pretty quickly. If, if you hear something, you can stop me if you want to talk about something. Uh, but there's Duncanville. Uh, which is an animated show on Fox. There's Amazon Prime Video Upload. Yeah, that's, uh, there's 
That's on my yeah. list. Uh, there's NBC's Superstore. There is The Boys Season 2. That's on my list as two, even though I still need to watch season one, finish (laughs) season one. There's the blacklist. They're going to be talking about having to do the animated episode for the um, for their season finale to during covid production. That could be interesting to uh, to listen to, even if you're not uh, a big blacklist fan or something like that, if you're just the the idea of something like that, of having to change things up at the last moment and still get a season finale in. Uh, then there's what I always is my first press room of the year, Van Helsing, which uh, <laughs> it felt so wrong not to reply to the announcement for that panel and say, hey, can I be in the press room? But uh, and then there's also Vikings is doing they're there every year. So they're doing some big celebration of the series since this will be their last year there because the series will end before next year. Um, And then there's Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead and The Walking Dead, The World Beyond. They'll be having panels for all three shows. So I usually skip those because I can't get into Hall H. But now this year I finally get to see those. (laughs) You can get into you Everyone get into gets into Hall H this year. Everyone. <laughs> like Oprah, you get into Hall H, you get into Hall H, and you get into Hall H. Everybody gets into Hall H. Then we got a whole bunch of animated stuff. There's HBO Max and Cartoon Network Studios Infinity Train, which I had mentioned before. Um, Bob's Burgers, Crossing Swords, Archer, The Simpsons, Bless the Hearts, Disney Plus, Phineas and Ferb the Movie, American Dad, and Family Guy. So there's a huge animation block that might be split over multiple days. Um, then there's For All Mankind, which is a new, I think, it, I want to say it's Disney Plus show. I forget what channel that's on. It's like looking at uh, the that space was, race. That was or is Apple, that Amazon. That was Apple, Apple? TV. Apple, okay. Uh, the, well, there's another, there's two different space shows. There's the other one that they already had. And then there's, this is like a documentary on the early space program, I think. Um, then there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think it's with the cast. I think it's more of, uh, I think it's with the producer and talking with some of the technical people on the show. Uh, then there's The Order. Uh, they were there last year, just starting to film the second season. Now they're going to talk about it again, I guess. Uh, there's Stumptown. Why, uh, Winona Earp. Yeah, Stumptown we- is another one that's on uh, my list. It looks, I Mine mean. Mine too. It could be uh, it could be fun to watch. I mean, I mean, Amory probably wouldn't care for it, but <laughs> <laughs> as long as Michael Ely's there, she she can just look and turn it on mute. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, so Winona Earp uh, will be there. Uh, what we do in the shadows? That's a, a great show on FX. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's a lot of fun. Nosferatu, which I only got caught up on years worth of episodes since I had nothing else to watch. So now I'm all caught up to watch that panel. Uh, the Hundred, The Goldbergs, and Pandora season two. That's if I manage to get caught up on season one from last year. Uh, then I will watch the panel for season two. Uh, so that's all my returning shows. Then for 
new shows, um, there's the Star Trek Universe panel, which I'm mainly interested in, the new animated Star Trek Lower Decks show that they'll be talking about. But they'll also be talking about the other uh, Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, They have all those people there. Um, And then Amazon Prime Video has a new show, Truth Seekers, which has Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as, like, paranormal investigators. Yeah, that Uh, one... That one looks like it could be... I mean, if you like their stuff, uh, that one could be really funny. Uh, but then just them on a panel should probably be Yeah, that should be entertaining, entertaining enough. Even yeah. if you're not <laughs> ultimately interested in the show or something like that. But uh, that one is uh, also on my list. It, uh, it sounds interesting. Uh, and then Amazon also has another uh, show called Utopia, which is like about comic book fans who discover that this conspiracy that's in a graphic novel is actually real. Um, and that is a I forget what the cast was, but I had a pretty good cast as well. Yeah, it's got uh, uh, John Cusick and uh, Rain Wilson and a bunch of other uh, people in it. Uh, and then another animated show, HBO Max and Cartoon Network Studios, Close Enough. I actually just watched that. It just released a few days ago. I just watched that, and that was surprising entertaining, but another one of these adult cartoons that you're not expecting necessarily that it's an adult cartoon until the characters start cursing and and <laughs> stuff. It's like, oh, it's one of those. Uh, and then there's another adult. I think this one's an adult cartoon, Hulu's Hellstrom. I think that's based off of some um, some kind of comic property. Um, and then Peacock has panels for both The Capture and Brave New World. Yeah, both of those are uh, on my list, but uh, we'll talk about both those shows in the next segment. Uh, oh, no, this was the other one I was talking about. Disney Plus has the right stuff. This is the one that's about the space yeah. program. The other one was the Apple show that already uh, that's already airing. Uh, and then HBO has Lovecraft Country. Uh, Netflix has animated sh- new animated show Hoops. Uh, that looked like it had a pretty good cast. Uh, and then finally, Fox has Next, which is their last year, <laughs> yeah. but it's yet to air. Yeah, so it's one. next for next year. <laughs> That's right. For... Yeah, it's uh, one of those shows that uh, would have been out in midseason, but... Uh, or possibly could have aired over the summer. Uh, but yeah, it's been kept for the for next fall to have something uh, new to uh, uh, to air. But yeah, that's funny. I mean, uh, I mean, I think it's happened in general like a couple of times where a show has been at Comic Con and then for whatever reason, it never gets released until like it's, and it, it could be there again. Uh, yeah. But there's, there was a couple of things that, uh, <laughs> they keep come back every year and have <laughs> press rooms and, uh, that are like that, uh, this year. Uh, um, and, and then my last section was the other panels. There was, I guess this is sort of a show panel, but it's inside Marvel 616 on Disney plus. So, uh, it's another one of these Disney plus has had a bunch of these interesting documentary series. This one's more like about various, uh, Marvel properties and things. Um, but I've been really enjoying the Disney plus documentaries. So, um, I want to check that one out. Um, then there's another one called the future of entertainment, which 
talks about some of the technology. I think they had um, some people from Mandalorian on that one, maybe. I forget who else is on that. There's uh, music for animation. Uh, then there's two that are at Comic-Con every year, which I used to always go to when I was going to panels. There's Entertainment Weekly's Brave Warriors and TV Guide Fan Favorites. Those are always nice because they mix in a bunch of people from various shows and uh, and you get to see a whole panel full of various different people. Uh, and then there's Warner Archives' Secret Origins of Saturday Morning Cartoons, where they're going to talk about the history of more, uh, Saturday morning cartoons and how they evolved. Uh, there's Scary Good TV, a conversation with horror's top showrunners. Show uh, writing for TV from first draft to getting staffed. Oh, that's on my list. That's, uh... <laughs> I finally hit one. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was another one, but you kept going, so I didn't want to. Oh, interrupt. okay. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I find those types of, uh, uh, panels interesting uh, you know some of the discussions of behind the scenes type of stuff uh it's part of what i love about atx so much is they have a whole lot more of that uh type of behind the scenes of creating television uh type panels and um, then i just had three three last or maybe four i forgot to hit enter um there's a conversation with nathan fillion that could be fun yeah, that's that, on my list. That's on my list. Uh, that one looks like it could be fun because they're supposed to be having a bunch of people pop in uh, to also talk along with, you know, from various things that he's done. Uh, and uh, so that could be good. But it's also funny is because a conversation with Nathan Fillion seems to be a thing. There was a, a short version of one with him and I believe it was uh, Alexi Holly uh, that they played during ATX, and I think they did one someplace else as part of something. I think as, <laughs> I thought they had one last year at Comic Con too. It could be, uh, but I just, just thought it was funny that I've already like just this year or like in the last had so many of months, conversations. I've already seen like a. <laughs> And so this one sounds like it could be interesting just because they have uh, other people popping in to join the conversation to talk about uh, uh, his career. Although I'm interested, it's like, is this just a thing that was done? <laughs> and various oh, and now have, they're used, just... have been using parts of it, and so the only part we saw at ATX was where he was just talking with Alexa Holly. We didn't see the other things. Uh, I don't That's know. A good question. <laughs> could be. He kind of just spent a day doing them for all the different festivals. He just did like a one long conversation. They brought some people in to talk, and and people have just picked and choose what parts of it they've uh, wanted to use for their stuff. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that one's on. Uh, that one's on my list. I think you've covered everything uh, now that's on uh, that was on my list. I also have the art of collaboration duos behind top TV shows. Although I, the examples I gave, it didn't really seem like top TV shows. Yeah. The concept sounded interesting. Even if the, the shows that people were working on, I wouldn't really consider top shows, but yeah. that could be interesting. Yeah. I think that they was where a, the thing, like I saw that one and it, was, it sounded kind of interesting, but then I was looking at the shows that they were going to be from and I was like, uh, 
I don't watch any of those really, you know, or, yeah. uh, so I don't know. Cause I, I think it would be more interesting if you actually have seen what they've done to hear them, then talk about what they're doing, not just, you know, necessarily in general. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then there was a Charlize Theron panel. Oh yeah. And I think I know whose list that one's on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that evolution I, of a badass is that the one you're yeah so, so that justifies a tv she had her tv movie recently otherwise it would have <laughs> been it would have been in movie land but we can say it's tv because she had her netflix movie yeah um and then finally a zoom with joss whedon and that was the end of my giant list <laughs> you covered a lot there kyle yeah i think Almost, uh, I think Kyle's list is almost everything that is TV related. In the, yes, the there schedule. were very few I left off just because I either don't watch the show or there were some like animated shows for kids, which I don't need to see that. Uh, I only watch the adult stuff, but they don't curse. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, that gives you a, a good idea. And they're doing it in such a way where it's just like Comic-Con. Like, there's going to be stuff Wednesday, and then there's going to be a whole day of stuff on Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, is is when all these things uh, are, are taking place, or when they'll stream, you know, for the first time to be able to watch. And uh, so, yeah, if you... If you've got the time, especially uh, over the weekend, weekend. Uh, it could be uh, cool to uh, to watch uh, some of these things, and uh, you know, and do of, a watch party with your friends. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to talk a little bit more about that in the uh, last segment of uh, when we talk about some of the stuff that we, what we've been watching over the last uh, the last month, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, that's that should give you a pretty good idea of things that you can find. But also, uh, if you've never got a chance to go to Comic-Con, this will give you a chance to see what some of the panels are like a little bit. They won't be the same as when, you know, when they're on uh, when they're on video chat, it's still not the same as when they're all in the room together. And uh, and there's also there's also something about being in the room, even if that room seats like 5,000 people, uh, that makes it, uh, you know, more fun, you know, it's an experience. That's for sure. And, uh, I think the nice thing is one thing they're doing is a lot of the same panels that they do every year at Comic-Con. They're still doing again, like there's a Kevin Smith panel. He does that every year. So yeah. if you never could get into it or you <laughs> wanted to see it, Now's your chance to experience yeah, to it. See what uh, you know, kind of what they're doing. Although some of those things too also lose a little bit of the synergy because part of it is is playing the to the crowd and the the reactions and things like that. When you're when you're live, when you're doing it via streaming, you don't have the audience reaction to uh, play into. Uh, but still. Uh, Still some of them fun. were taking some were taking questions ahead of time. I saw on like the the Walking Dead Facebook page they were asking for 
questions from fans. So you may want to, if there's a show that you like that has a panel, check like their official social media feeds because they may be taking questions ahead of time for their for their panels if they haven't already filmed it yet. Yeah, I've been on some too where on YouTube where they've had a comment feed going through, although it's so fast if people were like the Muppets one, for example, and some soap opera ones, the the questions were going so fast, like the stream, like they could barely read the sentence before, you know, it'd be pushed up, up the the list. When you get so many people on those things, it just flies by. I'm guessing that most of these are probably not live though. They're probably not. These are going to be recorded ahead of time. I would expect so too. Yeah. And the good thing is too, is like I'm last year was my very first year at Comic-Con. So I'm still a newbie, but what I liked about it and what I'm liking in this one now is that there's still, you know, if you're just interested in the behind the scenes or the industry stuff, there's like a really good mix. And I mean, Kyle had a few, um, for some reason this year I'm looking at it and I'm all into like the voiceover stuff and, dubbing because you know that's that's quite the challenge and so when people are watching you know foreign content now is becoming very popular on netflix and amazon and stuff like that you've got people that are known to dub you know tom cruise or somebody in in a foreign language and stuff like that so it's a really interesting thing and there was uh you know the whole women kicking ass thing with Charlie's throne and there was a few other ones like that too so it's a good mix of content, that's for sure. Yeah, and if you're into, you know, the creating of comics and all that type of stuff, they have all those types of artist and creator panels and and things uh, that they usually have at Comic-Con, you know, talking about different uh, different things of creating your own comic or, or you know, different uh, favorite comic artists or various uh, writers and stuff like that talking about... Uh, Comics, and then there's also some other things to, uh, uh, like Kyle mentioned, to check out their social media feeds for see if you can send questions ahead of time. Uh, there's also going to be some things like I saw, I mentioned the Amazon.com uh, virtual con. Uh, if you go to uh, that page where they'll st- they'll have their things streaming there as well, there's also going to be much like you could do at an activation or something at Comic-Con, they're going to have uh, a couple of different pieces of uh, swag type memorabilia or something that you can customize uh, on their website. And then it'll get shipped out to you within a, a couple weeks, like after, uh, after Comic-Con is over. So there's still the, uh, there's the, still the potential to get your Comic-Con swag on. Uh, I miss that. I'm going to set myself a reminder to do that. Yeah. You might have to, you know, take out a mortgage on your house, second mortgage on your house to pay for it by the sounds of things. But Oh, it's not free. Uh, no, yeah. it's no, it's free stuff. For, oh. For, I'm talking about free stuff. I'm not talking about the $90 sweatshirt for the. That was a nice looking sweatshirt, but not for $90. Like, uh, I'm not talking about the official Comic Con sweatshirt for 90 (laughs) bucks. That's the, that's the ridiculous thing you might need. It's not like that. There's some, uh, there's going to be some places. I think, uh, there might be some other ones. Uh, that's just the one I, uh, I remember taking note of and uh, I was going to keep my eye for other ones. 
those will be we'll put links to to some of those things uh in the uh, show notes uh, at tvtimes3.com slash 423 so you can find uh uh, links to find out more about that type of stuff, uh, as well as the the Comic-Con schedules. And uh, we'll move on to the uh, next segment, which is our uh, uh, Peacock preview, which sounds dirty, but <laughs> we're going to talk about it anyway. I've already used it three times in various <laughs> posts, and I've never thought of anything dirty. <laughs> You're making it dirty. You are making it dirty. <laughs> It's a lovely bird with multiple <laughs> colors that signify, the, what is it, Bar and, bars and tone, you know? Yeah. I'm that, forgetting my TV they, terminology. That they didn't even put in the logo, just the, the colored dots and the word peacock. Which, uh, <laughs> But anyways, uh, that uh, launches uh, officially as of uh, the... 15th of this month, uh, July 15th, and uh, with that comes uh, a bunch of new shows, uh, Brave New World, uh, The Capture, Intelligence, uh, The Psych 2, Lassie uh, Come Home movie, and then also a couple of uh, unscripted uh, or documentary style type things, uh, In Deep with Ryan Lochte and uh, Lost Speedways with Dale Earnhardt Jr., and uh, we've watched some of these uh, ahead of time. And uh, we'll start out uh, we'll start out with you, Kyle. What before we get into any of them, what is uh, what is the one of those that you would uh, be most interested in uh, checking out like uh, now that you've seen some of it? I've seen all, all the oh, episodes. You watching all of everything. <laughs> I watched all the episodes of. I watched the Psych movie and all the episodes of Brave New World, Capture, and Intelligence. And he did his homework. Wow, you! you I'll just I blew say, through. There's nothing on. I'll, yeah, well, I'll just say though, if you watched all of Intelligence, you must have really been needing. You are a brave new the man. The fourth episode was hilarious, and and it had me laughing out loud. But it took till the fourth episode. I know Amory loved the show and was laughing the whole time. Oh, no wonder I, I, I didn't thought, like it. <laughs> I, I thought it. I thought it. I thought I'm it was okay. Amory's judgment right now. I thought it was okay and thought and found it somewhat amusing. Some there's definitely. Oh, well, do you want to get into that show or do you want to? <laughs> Might as well. Okay. okay. So I mean, I definitely see some. It's basically. Um, it takes place at this like cybersecurity government agency in the UK. And um, David Schwimmer plays this American NSA agent who comes into the office as like the liaison. But he is like pompous and obnoxious and like just starts taking over the office. And uh, and that doesn't sit very well with the the woman who the director who's in charge. Um, so it's like his relationship, like there's like a, this nerdy technician guy who's like a pushover. There's like this former hacker who's now like a, an analyst. There's this homely woman who still lives with her mother, um, and has cats and stuff. And she's in the office too. And then there's like this dim witted secretary who works for the director. And so it's like an office workplace comedy, um, 
and like he's just like the it's jerk that like comes one. in and tries. <laughs> well, it's, exactly. It is one. <laughs> no, it is one. And it's, like you can definitely see some parallels to like The Office. Like David Schwimmer's character is like Michael. He's like all full of himself and pompous, but he's really like underneath. He's insecure and and hiding stuff. And then you got like the the nerdy guy who is constantly trying to get the approval of him. So he's like a pushover and he'll do whatever he asks. Like, even though he gets treated like a personal assistant, even though he's not even like, he doesn't even really report to David Schwimmer's character. He like just does whatever he says. So there's like the, the whole interaction there. I, I re I, I, I really enjoyed the fourth episode. I know it took a while to get there, but um, I mean, overall, I didn't hate the show, but I wasn't laughing as much as like someone like Amory who absolutely loved this show and said she was laughing throughout the whole thing. But I, I did find it humorous and I did uh, and I did enjoy it overall. Is this going to be like a new Amsterdam show where I'm going to hate the pilot so much that I refuse to watch other episodes and everybody tells me I'm wrong? Is that it's what only, it's, like it's only thirty minutes. Like you can fly through the whole I, show in like in like no, I, two I, hours. I think out of the six episodes that are there, Kyle's saying only the fourth one was funny. But, <laughs> Just no, skip ahead to that's the, the only one that made me laugh out loud. But I I didn't find humor in the show in general. I did actually enjoy it. Well, there was a similar one. Um, for the CBC in Canada called insecurity years ago. And it was like some pretty funny actors on it. And it was the same thing. You're just like, why did you agree to do to this show? You know? And that's the way I felt like with this one. I mean, I just think it's such bad casting with David Schwimmer too. So I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot because sometimes Kyle, I will agree with you on shows and I just need to give it a chance. But this one is, is uh, I, I think this might be my to, new Amsterdam. I give you permission to jump to the fourth episode and see if <laughs> okay, you laugh. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but the question is: is do you need? I don't information remember from point. the previous episodes for those things to be that funny by the time you get there. It is a very like it is like a it does build off of like situations across the whole season. So there is some is it, stuff. Is it going to be like the unicorn? I just thought of that. Remember how when I first, I'm like, there's no way this show, he's so creepy. And then it was one of my favorite shows of last year. I Maybe? don't know what to tell you. You could, it's, it's only <laughs> six episodes. You got nothing else on these days. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> six That's half true. hour episodes. So it's not even that long. Okay. All right. And so, maybe fire and, oh, and for all of these shows, I believe the free tier, like I believe the psych movie will be available on the free tier. And I think they're going to make the first episodes of each of the original shows available on the on the free tier. But then you need the premium tier, which is free for Comcast people or other people like I think Android users might get a free year or something uh then you'll need the the premium tier to watch a lot of these peacock original things yeah i was gonna say for intelligence i don't know there's a i don't know on things that are a little more i don't know i guess oddball or something type of comedies amory and i tend to diverge and then there's other comedies where we tend to 
uh, I don't know, more, I guess, more network fair style comedies or whatever, where we tend to uh, agree more or whatever. So uh, I'm not sure where this would actually fit into, uh, into those. But I will say that comedies, if you... I get the setup and stuff, and so I'm I may watch more, just because sometimes it takes a little bit more for a comedy to to gel, uh, as the you know the writers see what who they're working with, and they can write towards different situations and different actors that are you know really playing well off of each other uh, more, and so maybe they just really figured things out by episode four you know? <laughs> uh, is possible. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't uh, too enamored with the intelligence. Uh, and from what I understand, uh, when it aired in the UK, <laughs> people weren't super enamored with it uh, there either. Yeah, I don't know if that one's actually been like a lot of these have already been picked up for like second seasons. I don't know about that one. That might have been a one and done, but we'll see. Uh, and we'll move. Uh, I don't know. We'll move backwards down the list uh, to the capture. What did you think about the capture, Kyle? This was easily my favorite of the uh, of the bunch. So this one is like a six episode. Uh, mystery drama so it's like uh, it's set in London where um, you got the CCT cameras following people around all day long and like it poses a question of how much can you actually trust from that footage and like do people put too much trust in that footage because when it opens up there's like this army soldier who is accused of, of one crime only to, on appeal, get off of that crime, but now be accused of something that was caught on CCTV camera. And then you also have this homicide detective who's, like, newly assigned to the department who's set to investigate that case. But at first she thinks it's open and shut because you got the CCTV camera footage but then she starts to uncover things that maybe it's not quite as it seems. And is there some kind of conspiracy going on? It becomes like this, this thriller mystery thing. But they, they also do a nice job of delving into like the, the characters and showing their personal lives and, and not just like these two dimensional characters. But I, I thought it, it I really enjoyed the way it like flows across the season. They also do a nice job of in the middle of jumping back and showing you what you thought you saw wasn't really what you thought you saw. And like like exploring some of that. Um, it's got a great cast. Um, I, it's got uh, Ron Perlman shows up uh, in it. And it's also got Femke Jansen. Uh, and then a bunch of recognizable British folks, uh, like the, one of the guys from um, Coupling is in it, um, and some other... You, you definitely recognize a lot of the faces that are in it. I just don't know all the all the actors' names. But this, I thought it does a nice job of just in the six episodes, it tells a, a story and then also leaves you with a with a bit of a twist at the end to um, lead into the now renewed second season. So there's more to come. 
Yeah, I mean, and that that first case that, uh, that it also involves video, you know, that he gets uh, mm-hmm. you know off from, and so there's a lot uh, uh, going on there. I I really I really liked it. I like the sort of mystery aspect of it as, like you said, what's going on. Like now you've, you know, now you, you've seen something, but as we've seen in real life, just because it's on video doesn't mean that that's really what happened uh, or how things went down. Uh, so I think it, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to play with. Uh, what did you think, uh, Lynn? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I think Holiday Granger, who plays the lead um, Dr. Rachel Corey, uh, who was in the Borgias, is really, really good. Um, you know, I, I I like thrillers. I like sort of those mystery cop type shows. I shouldn't say cop shows because I always slam them too, but the, the mystery thriller aspect of it and, you know, the whole idea of what you see is and what, you know, what is necessarily the truth. Uh, is a really interesting concept in doing one of these thrillers. And um, I'm really excited to see more. I kind of wish I had had stayed up later to watch the rest of the series. But, you know, sometimes it's good to actually wait and not binge watch everything all at once <laughs> because then you forget what episode was in what. And, and I, I feel like now, because I've been watching so much stuff lately, that I'm forgetting, like, what episode did I finish on? Did I, wa- how many episodes? What, like... So you don't have to remember that actually, if you never stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I honestly feel like at this point I've been binging so much stuff when like, and t- titles aren't as memorable as they used to be. I like somebody say, Oh, did you watch that show? I'm like, no. And then I realized, Oh wait, yes, I have. I just don't remember the title of it. And I've watched it sometimes like, or like if I'm watching like a couple of episodes, I mean, obviously if I've watched like, three seasons of a show if i don't remember the title then there's a problem i I just look in the tv time app and say oh yeah i did watch that (laughs) yeah i know we were talking about (laughs) we were talking about stuff for like uh the the next segment when we talk about what we actually have been uh, watching besides uh screeners uh over the past few weeks i was like wait what have we watched? <laughs> what have we actually <laughs> like, spent six like, hours in front like, of the TV watching? Like what have I been watching? And uh, it was like, oh, that's why I have the TV time app because it's my brain. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you put the data there, and then you can just go back and look uh, to to see uh, what those things are. Uh, how about uh, Brave New World, Kyle? So this was definitely the most ambitious of all of their shows. Um, so this is basically a uh, adaptation of Aldous Huxley's 1931 novel of the same name. It's basically this um, futuristic society where they've changed London. So it's it's now a society called New London where everyone is born in embryos there's no like real birth so they have like three rules in this society there's no privacy no family and no monogamy so everyone it, so no family means everyone was born uh, basically in a lab and and born that way um no privacy everyone gets these eye implants where they can see through anyone else's eyes and experience whatever they're experiencing they can um 
they also can see like everyone when they're born in an embryo, they're assigned like a certain class. So there's alpha, beta, gamma down to the epsilon. The epsilon are like the worker class of the, the group. They're like the people that do all the actual real work while everyone else is just hanging out, having fun in the uh, pleasure garden. Yes, this has a lot of orgies in this show. It is not a show for kids. I, I think only one episode did not have an orgy scene. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how this was going to air on So sci-fi. which episode is that we should skip? Uh... <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't take note of that one. <laughs> but uh, um, and so and then the um, and the no monogamy, obviously, like they don't want anyone to have like a just a single relationship with someone. So it's all encouraged that you have as many partners as as you want. But meanwhile, there's also back in North America, there's like that's where all these savage people still live. And so they've turned that into like a an adventure park for all the uh, all of the um, the new London people. If they want to see how savages used to live, where they believed in gods and they got married and they had monogamous relationships, they can go and, and spend time at this this park. And so there's people there who um, who live in that park and and like they're being forced to basically put on these shows for for the new Londoners that go and visit. And so like they're the entertainment and they've had enough of what's going on. And so one of those people is this guy, I think his name is John. And then um, he lives with his mother, who's like a drunk and uh, she dresses uh, very questionably that she's played by um, Demi Moore. Uh, and uh, the guy who's John is the guy who is in Solo, um, the guy who played Han Solo in the Solo movie. Um, so basically, these two worlds collide, and um, and they both started to. So like the utopia that they thought they had was this brave new world, is uh, not as as perfect as it seems, and things start to as, as these two worlds collide, they start to fall apart and. And I won't get into too much more detail. There was one aspect of the show that I really enjoyed and my heart was pounding. It was a nice, intense, perfect, but it just didn't last long enough. Like I like once I got past that part, like it sort of the show sort of fizzled out for me. I still found it somewhat interesting, but it came more more of a thinking show i guess than less of a action-packed uh like thriller but um i I, there were definitely some really good parts to the show but others not as much um they do it does i you can tell they they want a second season i don't know if it'll if it i I haven't heard anything about a second season but it definitely doesn't feel like self-contained like that's the end of it like they definitely are it's not like a limited series yeah and there's lots of uh there's lots of familiar faces too in the in the show some of the ones that you mentioned but also oh yeah there's the killjoys lady yeah who i'm sure Hannah john came in and uh then kylie bunbury from pitch is uh is in it and uh there's just a throughout there's uh, people keep popping up you're like whoa wait there because you didn't look at any of the cast or anything before you're just uh... i did not even recognize demi Moore until like the third episode i saw her name listed in the credits i'm like wait a minute demi Moore is in this? <laughs> she looks so 
didn't recognize she looked, her. I looked so different, though. I didn't recognize her at first when we were watching it. He said, wow, she's in it? And I was like, who? And then, then you said, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, and then the one who plays Lenina was in um, the movie Winter's Tale with Colin Farrell, and she was um, in Downton Abbey. I can't remember. Sybil. So yeah, yeah. no spoilers, but she played a key part in Downton Abbey. She was very good for while she was there. But anyway, um, what do you think? Yeah, Lynn? it's uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just jumped in there. My apologies. Uh, I read the book in high school. It was part of our English class, and I was trying to remember stuff. But and I was thinking about it, going, "That's a pretty disturbing book to be reading in high school." I think it was like grade ten or eleven or something. And so, from what I was trying to remember about it, you know, there there's aspects of it that you go, "Oh yeah, wow." And when you think of how long ago the book was written, it's you know pretty amazing. You know, everybody's popping pills to, to you know keep them steady and keep them happy, and the you know the sex and and everything and the lack of monogamy is thinking monogamy is wrong. Um, so there was that point there, there's one thing, again, I've only watched the first episode. So there's one thing I remember from the book that I'm interested in seeing how, if they're going to touch on it at all, um, about when people get older, I don't know, Kyle, did they do anything about when people get older? Uh, I, there is some, yeah, there is okay. something related, right. but I don't, I don't like, I did read a Wikipedia after I watched the series, I read a Wikipedia description of the book and like while there's some of the characters are the same it's very different from the book yeah. i mean yeah. there's like they i i like the changes they made based compared to the description in the wikipedia i like the changes they made for the series a lot better than than the description that was in the book yeah i think there's some there's some parts of it for sure that are you know more modern and more up-to-date and like more, i don't think speaks to more television than, than like in, the whole idea of the adventure theme park that like the book was just like a, like an Indian reservation type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so they definitely modernized it that way, which I think it actually works much, much nicer in the, in the series. With I that agree. Aspect. I agree. Um, the thing that, um, and I totally lost my train of thought there for a second, but, um, Oh, I really have lost my train of thought. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Sorry. Uh, I think, where you're going to get people interested in watching this are the same people that would be watching Handmaid's Tale. Um, not that the storylines are the same, but sort of that futuristic thing. Although this is more about being happy as opposed to, you know, supposedly being happy in this utopian world where the other one is how the world is completely changed. But, you know, there's elements of both where, you know, it leaves you thinking and, you know, what is the world coming to kind of thing. So yeah, I think, and you sort of get that here with the new London versus the savage savage land, which, yeah. yeah, especially with the contrast in accents. Right. So you get everybody with a British accent and then switch over to savage land. It's like, oh, we're in North America now. And there is quite a bit of humor. Surprisingly, there's quite a bit of humor in this show. Like there's all these little interstitials with like these ridiculous TV ads and some other ads that that pop in every once in a while. But then there's just also way more humor than I expected when like some bad things are happening, but they still find ways to mix in like humor into the situations. 
And they find a way to integrate an orgy into nearly every episode. <laughs> every scene. Because <laughs> that's how you keep everybody happy, apparently, in the future. Uh, and for some people right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, not right now, because we not have right now. social distancing. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Unless you're New York Department of Health, there's, <laughs> they have guidelines for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... Uh, not that I have lots of uh, orgy experience, but I don't think that I don't think that uh, the six foot social distancing orgy is really all that's going to be cracked up it's to be. All the rage. <laughs> just uh, just a bunch of people standing around naked and nothing but a mask. Uh... That's a good turn. That's, that should be the title of this episode. <laughs> Standing around naked, nothing but a mask. A bunch of people standing around naked, nothing <laughs> no, but a mask. <laughs> now that's an orgy, right? <laughs> that's a long title. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, well, we better uh, be editing this podcast. <laughs> that would be, or I could call it Lincoln Rhyme. A bunch of people standing around naked in just a I knew you were gonna say that. I didn't wanna I didn't wanna lead into it. Uh, okay, let's talk about our favorite shows. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but uh I I haven't watched uh, the psych movie yet. And uh but Kyle, you did. What did you think of of it? So I'll, I'll preface it saying I wasn't I wasn't all that thrilled with the first Psych movie. I, I felt something was missing from that first movie. I don't know if it's because he's no longer does any like the weird psychic stuff. It's just I mean I do enjoy the characters and I, and again it's got all the same like it's got the nicknames, the pop culture references, all the rapid uh, like insults back and forth between people. I mean this one. It's got the the dual meaning of the title Lassie Come Home because uh, Timothy Olmanson is is back in this one. Although I still felt he was a little underutilized. Um, he was probably still recuperating because I've seen him in other stuff where he's doing more than than what he does in in this. But so I think this was because this was filmed a little while ago and they held on to it. Right. I, I think this I was so. filmed. So I, my guess is probably still in the process of recovering. Like if they do a third one, I think we'll see a lot more of, of Lassie back to old Lassie. But I mean, they do at least a decent job of, of giving him a much bigger role than obviously he had in the, in the first one. And there is that like banter between Sean and, and him. Um, I mean, overall it was, I thought it was okay. Like I, like I said, I wasn't really thrilled with the first movie and this one, it just, there was something missing in it and I can't put my finger on what it was, but I I mean, I think people who are diehard fans will still enjoy seeing the characters back and in having wacky adventures, but it just wasn't, uh, it was a little disappointing for me. And did you say you got a, a a chance to watch a little bit of the other two, the In Deep with Ryan Lochte and Lost Speedways? I did not have any screeners for Lost Speedways, but I did watch half of the um, Ryan Lochte special. So what that is, it's like an hour and eight minutes, and it's basically just a look at 
his life, like where he is now, his big um, mistake in the Rio uh, Olympics uh, there, what he did. And I think him trying to um, to prepare and try out for the 2020 Summer Olympic Games, which that's going to work out for him. But uh, but we'll see. It's it's, there's there's some humor built in because it's narrated by um, Patton Oswalt who makes like some sarcastic comments here and there about, uh, especially when it gets into um, the incident in Rio that he was involved in. Um, And then I found it interesting that they have interviews with Billy Bush and Matt Lauer, who uh, aren't really the best people to be talking to about making not being a disgrace and making yourself look good. So, wow. Well, Matt Lauer, it was like archive footage of him interviewing um, Ryan Lockheed, but they were interviewing Billy Bush about the incident, (laughs) which he must have nothing better to do anyway right now. So he's probably free to do. Well, he went back on. He wasn't he didn't he get hired to extra at some point? Oh, he did get rehired after after. Yeah, he he was out of access and then he went to today. Then he got fired from today. And then I think he got hired. I think he got hired for extra. Yeah, I'm oh, not sure. Okay. I, I just hadn't extra, seen. I hadn't. But seen I don't know if he's still there. I don't know if he's that. still there. Yeah. So I, I just found it amusing that they're talking to him about because I guess he did the interview with with Ryan that then sparked this whole this whole um, misunderstanding and incident. Um, so I, I, I found it. I watched half of it. I found it interesting. They they talk about the. So I got into like part three i think part one was talking about his life now part two was talking about him like training and learning to swim as a kid and participating in the olympics and part three was getting into the the rio incident but there was still another half hour left so so far i I found it interesting um so it could be i mean it's only like 68 minutes so it's an interesting little um documentary yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing that when i actually ran out of time but there, I think, you know, athletes, especially like swimmers and things like that, like if you're playing on the, the, the Olympic hockey team or something like that, like there's a series of, you know, the playoff games and things like that. But when it's swimming, I mean, I know there's heat, you're training your entire life for less than a minute, you know, and everything in your life is so completely controlled what you eat, when you wake up, when you, you know, when you sleep, when you train everything. So I'm really curious to see this because I think when, I mean, he was still, this is post Olympics kind of while he was still there, but I think so many of these athletes that don't make it or don't get these huge endorsements, once they're sort of retired and past their prime, they don't know what to do with themselves. And that's when they end up getting into trouble. And um, because all of a sudden no one's telling them what to do, you know, I think for him, it was the opposite. It was while he was doing all this stuff that then he had all this money from the endorsements and things. And that's when he went wild. And so now they're, they're trying to show how he's changed and it's basically showing how he's trying to get into these, summer olympics so he's already older than anyone has ever been in the swimming and so he's trying to do this to prove that he's changed and he's over those childish incidents from the last time and how he's changed as a person yeah yeah he just keep yeah that team was like the dream team of swimming so yeah you're right they probably they they got the 
they got the endorsements and all the fun stuff while they were still doing it and, you know, get drunk with, I don't want to say drunk with power, but he was also like the wild guy, frat guy versus Ryan Lockheed, sorry, versus um, uh, Mike, uh, not Mike, is it Mike Phelps? Yeah. Yeah. Like Phelps, who was like the guy who was like religiously training and 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 like never doing anything wild, and so like they were. Yeah. Completely well, he different. learned from his mistake. He he yeah. had a hiccup too, but I mean, I think he was caught with a he had a DUI, but then he kind of got back on the straight and narrow too. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be said about these athletes and what they have to go through for such a short period of time, and then what do they do next? So. And then now, as like you said, you know, training for the Olympics, how do these athletes continue when they had their timeline for this summer and now they've got to wait, you know? Yeah, I don't know when this was filmed, if this is going to get into that, like if it's yeah. a delay or any of that. Maybe a postscript or something. Oh, I did want to mention one other thing that I saw about Peacock. I saw that they picked up the first two seasons of Sacred Lies, that Facebook show, the Facebook Watch show. So those will be available at launch as well. And they also have the option to renew it if they want to do more seasons. So if you never watch, I never watched on Facebook watch. It was always at Comic-Con. I may check it out on, on uh, Peacock. All right. That's a, that's a look at what's coming to Peacock once it launches and, uh, or I guess takes flight. And uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, move on to uh, talk about what we've been watching uh, since the uh, last podcast and uh, which has been six weeks now, maybe since we recorded the last one. Uh, so even though my three things constitute three days of watching. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> That's why we. That's why we limited it to the top three things that uh, we've been watching uh, since uh, that we've watched since uh, then, and uh, we'll start with you this time, Lynn. What uh, what made your top three list of things you've watched in the last uh, in the last month or so? Well, there is a new one that came in, and it's you know not television per se, but it's on Netflix, and it was the Old Guard movie. Um, that was just released with um, Charlize Theron, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and uh, I was totally in love with this. It was like one of the best sort of action flicks that I've seen in a long time. It was directed by Gina Prince-Blythewood, who um, directed Love and Basketball, which was a favorite from back in the day and just had a reunion a little while ago Um to discuss the anniversary of this of the movie and i think that's probably why comic-con is doing so many things with shirley's throne with this and um some of the other action movies that she's done so i was like really impressed with that i'm really hoping that it's going to be part of a franchise um and then over on amazon i just finished up marvelous mrs mazel or mazel um depending on who you talk to uh which i just thought was really 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 well done that i it's just i just almost want to take a snapshot a screenshot of some of the set design and the costumes because it's just absolutely outstanding um really hoping to hear more i haven't heard anything and maybe uh, like i blanked 
but I haven't heard anything about a renewal of it, but I can't see why they wouldn't. But again, it might be one of those COVID type issues where they know it's like a holding pattern because it probably is a very pricey thing to do and they need the time to do it. And it's not something you can kind of do from a socially distant thing unless they just keep her on the stage for, you know, 13 episodes or something with less sets. Um, and then another one I watched, which, you know, kind of buried in the documentary areas, QB one on Netflix. So for me, I feel like there's been an evolution with my Friday night lights. Um, started off watching the Friday night lights movie and then became obsessed with the series. And now Peter Berg has brought this documentary following the lives of high school football, uh, quarterbacks and, in different um, areas of the United States and it's really, really well done. So I'm looking to look forward to watching more of that. I did look, and up, then if, I did look up Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It has a fourth season to air in 20 to 21. So uh, it could be any time. I don't know what the production status is. Yeah. That's the big question. They've been, they've been tweeting stuff about season three. So I don't know if it's just they're trying to keep people, excited or involved in it but i haven't seen anything else so that's that's good to know and then um i know it's only supposed to be three but i'm i'm cheating i'm looking forward to seeing the finale of blind spot which strangely enough they did two back-to-back episodes and there's a week off and then the finale so (laughs) must be all those sports (laughs) yeah yeah so i i it's i kind of feel like it's the way the finale i i have my I have my predictions about the finale and what I think is going to happen. Um, but I, I loved the show the first season I was like live tweeting during it. And I think it's kind of fell by the wayside, almost like alias where instead of, you know, you know, standalone episodes or maybe some carryover, it became this ongoing thing for a season about this certain crime that happened, like the Rambali thing where I just felt like it wasn't as strong um as before but um you know 100 episodes is pretty impressive that they could go out on on their own um you know go out, i don't want to say go it on top because i don't think it's their best season this season but um the fact that they could call the shots and not get canceled before something happens is pretty cool and there's some incredible talent behind the show so i'm all about the finale next week all right how about you kyle Okay, so uh, one of my items is Crossing Swords, which aired on Hulu. It's already been picked up for a second season. It's one of these adult animated comedies, and this one is very adult. There's, like, um, lots of cursing. There's full frontal nudity and lots of other inappropriate stuff that you would not expect to see from Fisher-Price peg people. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what it is. That's what kills me. And it's that's what makes it, that's Fisher what Price. adds... It's what adds to the humor is that it's like these cute little Fisher Price peg people getting up to really horrible stuff. Like, um, but basically it takes place in like a medieval kingdom. And there's this, um, this guy, Patrick, who wants to be like a squire. And so he, um, but once he gets that dream job in the kingdom, he realizes that it's like so corrupt there and, and and lots of other bad stuff is going on. And so he has like some older siblings who are like a pirate queen, an alcoholic clown and like a Robin Hood, but an evil Robin Hood. And so it's I, I just found it incredibly 
humorous. Uh, I really enjoyed the first season. I flew through it. Um, and I also got to do like a virtual uh, press junket for the series. So I have some interviews with some of the cast and the creators of the show up on, on my website. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that show is a lot of fun. Uh, it has a great cast. Uh, Nicholas Holt, Holt uh, plays the main guy. And then you have like Adam Polly, um, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jamila Jamil, uh, Seth Green, uh, Ben Schwartz, and a whole bunch of other uh, recognizable people uh, in the show. Um, my second one, another Hulu show that I binged in a day was Love, Victor, which was it's basically a sequel to the um, Love, Simon movie. It takes place a year later. And this is like a a new um, a new kid, Victor Salazar, who moves with his family from Texas to um, I think it's Atlanta. Uh, to and he's going to go to that same school that Simon went to a year earlier, and he's dealing with his own voyage of self-discovery, questioning his sexuality and who he's attracted to, and he doesn't know who he can talk to, so he starts uh, DMing Simon and asking him for advice of what he should do. And so it has like a very similar feel to the movie um, where you have like where Simon was writing these letters, these emails to um, to this guy, Blue. Um, You have him sending the DMs. And then there's this mystery of like in the movie, Simon's trying to figure out who Blue is, where Victor is trying to figure out who exactly he's attracted to. There's a girl named Mia and this guy named Benji, and he doesn't know what to do. Um, so I, I, much like that, never have I ever show where it started off as like a full blown comedy, but then slowly without you realizing it, it morphed into like this really dramatic show, but still with plenty of laughs, this had that same type of feeling to it. And the episodes are only 30 minutes long. So it, it's another quick binge. You could binge this whole season in a day. And I, I don't know if it's been picked up for a second season yet. But if you enjoyed the movie, you definitely enjoy the show. Uh, you don't have to have seen the movie, but it would spoil some of the movie uh, if you watch the show first. Um, and then my last thing is actually an upcoming show that starts this week on the CW, which is called Killer Camp. It's a reality show, only five episodes long. Uh, it's hilarious. It originally aired in the UK uh, around Halloween last year, but it... it airs here um starting wednesday or thursday i think thursday um so there's like these 11 british strangers who thought they were going to be on like this love island type of show called summer camp but once they uh once they arrive at the camp they make an explosive discovery that they're on a very different type of show that this camp pleasant doesn't really live up to its name because there's a serial killer on the camp who's going to be <laughs> killing them off one by one and it's like this 1980s style summer camp. So it looks like they're dressed that way. They're dressed like in like these neon clothes, short shorts. And they look like they're out of like an 80s slasher uh, movie. And you got all the different types. You got the jock, the cheerleader, the nerd, the film geek. And so like they cast them like the people are all like your typical um, like horror movie type of um 
characters and then you have the uh guy the camp counselor bobby who's just like this ridiculous wisecracking guy who like just matter of factly talks about the fact that they're gonna get murdered and like and just it, i don't know he's just really funny and so like each episode they have them doing like these competitions first to like win some money for their pool or if they don't get the money then um it goes to the killer once that person is identified at the end if they or if they're not identified at the end they'll get to take that money uh and so then they also have competitions for immunity or to get clues about the who the killer is but of course like the killer if they get clues they can lie about it and and make up fake clues and they also try to sabotage the competitions to win money but like once at the very at the end of each episode you have like two people that have to go take a fun walk in the woods and one of them is not going to make it back uh to the camp and like they have bobby like telling this ridiculous story like all the details of of their walk in the woods and he's like sounding all excited about it and like then you see like the horrendous murder (laughs) play out while as he's telling the story to the rest of the campers around the campfire but there's some stuff in here that i don't know how it's going to air on the cw i'm really curious especially in the second episode the the murder is just (laughs) ridiculous so um I, I am very curious to see how this airs on the CW, but I thought this was so much fun. It's only five episodes long, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And then as an honorable mention, I would just like to mention um, the Eurovision Song Contest movie was also quite enjoyable with Will Ferrell and um, oh, who's the woman that was in it? Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Oh, she's a Canadian, right? Oh, no, she's American. <laughs> Right? Is she's she can- Canadian. She's she Canadian. Because they show her flag at the end. Like they show everyone what country they're yeah. from. Yeah. Uh, but that, I thought that movie was hilarious and a lot of fun. Uh, worth checking out. All right. So uh, for me, TV wise, uh, I went back and looked at my brain. <laughs> and according to it, uh, the things I've been watching, uh, finally caught up with and finished uh, or through the all the episodes they have so far of Killing Eve, uh, it was one of those things. I was like, I know we just watched something that we actually watched the whole thing and we're caught up with, and I couldn't <laughs> for the life of me think of what it was until I went and looked, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, we watched Killing Eve. I thought of it when we when we started doing the podcast, but I was like, do I message you and say Killing Eve? I think the first season was really good. And I think mostly it's just not as good. And, yeah. they, and they keep doing things just to, I don't know, just to, you know, almost killing people off just for the sake of the shock value of it, sort of, or and stuff. And uh, I don't know, it just, uh, it's all just kind of ridiculous now. So... I mean, probably watch if they, you know when there's more, but uh, they're short seasons anyway. Yeah. I know I keep saying that, but a lot of short seasons add up, and then you. Uh... And then, of course, I've been watching uh, lots of diners, drive-ins, and dives. Uh, that seems to be a staple, partially because they have marathons of it on the days that I'm off. <laughs> so, like, it's it's easy to. Like between watching things, like you turn, like you're watching something, and you go back to the TV, and it's on Food Network, and there's, 
and so you you end up watching like the end of an episode or because uh, there's they're talking about you see a picture of some food you're like oh i want to see what that one is and uh and then also they did like a huge marathon on the fourth of july uh, so had that uh, have that on a lot in the uh, background on the weekends uh and then uh the the third thing is uh hometown which i really really like what they've been doing with creating new episodes out of their old content uh they've been going two different ways one they're creating sort of these compilation episodes where uh they have been in air and come on and talk about say like their favorite porches that they've redone or favorite kitchens they've redone uh you know or something specific like that and so you get more details about each of those remodels uh but not necessarily like the whole build but the specific thing they're talking about in that episode and then the other thing they've been doing is they've been coming on and doing uh the on episode commentary where they show them watching an episode and they split screen it a bunch and things like that and they come in a lot more than just like at right before commercial breaks or whatever and talk about uh and uh, you know the whole remodel and the whole episode uh and you and they they've always been interesting cuz you end up hearing a whole bunch of different stuff that you don't hear you know that doesn't make the episode and uh and so I think it's so much easier to do, like obviously with these types of shows that you can continue to create new, fresh, you know, sort of content, uh, even though you're not filming or, you know, you haven't been able to film new stuff for a while. And, uh, so yeah, I've been, we've been watching a bunch of, a bunch of episodes of that because they keep, uh, they've had new episodes, whether they're these two different style of episodes that they've been doing, uh, of basically reusing the content that they can, uh, you know, film it, film it themselves, put a camera up in front of them and talk about uh, the different things. And then somebody else edits it, <laughs> edits it into an episode. And uh, they've been, uh, they continue to be really entertaining. So those are the, those are the three TV things. And since everybody else had an honorable mention, my honorable mention will be, the thing we've actually watched have been watching a bunch of is movies. So like the old guard that we just watched that just came out, that was great. Uh, but, uh, we've, we watched some, well, I, I can't remember the name of it. What was the Lynn? What was the Mark Wal Wahlberg, uh, oh, you know, shoot. Peter Berg directed, uh, movie. We just watched this movie and it was meant was to be, terrible. It it wasn't great. Oh, that six, the one with the six in it. No, not six underground. Oh. That uh, that one was good. Uh, this this one was. Oh, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it was. It I'm, gonna, was I'm gonna look it up now. But was built as the first of like a trilogy. That yeah. doesn't seem like the rest of it's ever gonna get made, and so while there's sort of a conclusion, it leaves you hanging at the end of the movie because there's supposed to be more, but I don't think they're ever going to make any more. So it kind of sucked that way. 
it had some decent action and uh, and stuff like that in it, but uh, but yeah, and then like uh, my spy. That was super funny. Oh, My Spy was excellent. That was such a <laughs> yeah, good Yeah, that was you really know, like, good. And so a bunch of stuff like that I've been watching has been taking up more uh, more of the viewing time recently. Like since Kent have been able to go to the movies, been watching way more movies at home than and even more creeping into like uh, TV watching time. Did you watch uh, Palm Springs on um, Hulu yet? That's has Andy Samberg and um, Christina Mulvo. The yeah. one from Christina How I Met Yachty. Your Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's I haven't watched that. Is that out? Yeah, it's on Hulu. It's yeah, on but Hulu. I, for some reason... I it just came out yesterday or the day before or Friday. Something this past been... weekend. Oh, for some reason, I was thinking it was still another week or something away before it uh, came out. Oh, I'll have to go check that out because that one did look... Uh, the trailer for that did look really funny. Oh, was the one you were talking about Spencer Confidential? No, it was Mile 22. I just oh, looked it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, was with it? Lauren Cohen, who was in uh, in Whiskey Cavalier. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a Netflix original or whatever. I can't even remember what we watched it on. Uh, yeah, I have it was, the, on, I've... it was on Prime. It says what? Like, yeah. So yeah, it was it was one of those you're like it was one of those movies you're clicking along and we watched uh I think we watched the last Mission Impossible movie and I clicked on like what other things people have watched that watched this and it was like in the list and I was like there's like five movies with known like pretty well-known actors in Oh, them. like Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis has like eight Oh, he comes out with a direct to he comes out with a direct to Blu-ray movie every month. Him and yeah. Nick Cage both. Like They're, I see yeah. the I see the press releases and it's like another Lionsgate title release. Which one is it? Is it Bruce Willis this month or yeah, is it Nick we, Cage? This we month? watched a Bruce Willis one too. That uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that great either. But uh, it was funny because when I looked it up and looked at the cast, like. Some of the cast was also in another Bruce Willis movie. Yeah. It was by the same, you know, basically. And one was in like three of them. And it was like, uh, it's, it's like there's these, uh, almost like these set of people out there that are just rotating through and playing these other characters in these, these various uh, Bruce Willis movies. Uh, some that look good and some that uh, not... Uh, not so much. This one was a heist type movie and was even though oh, it was with Mark Paul Gosler too. Yeah. Oh, I, I know which one it is. I haven't seen it, but I, I own it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the, uh, uh that's, uh, another, that's the another fun, another fun movie that I discovered the other day. It just came out on Netflix. I think it was, was Desperados. Oh, we watched that too. Nassim Bredat, Nassim Padrad, Anna yeah. Camp, and Lamarne Morris and Robbie Amell. It's oh like yeah, this, yeah. This woman is desperate to get. She's left a bad voicemail message on her her boyfriend's phone and is desperate to delete it and follows him halfway across the. That was pretty funny. Uh, that one. That one was pretty solid too. That we just uh, 
watched that the other night too. That was the uh, that was the Friday night double feature. Was. <laughs> was. I ended I ended up clicking it. Now was I've the never order watched... was the order and then Desperados. That was the. <laughs> I never used to look at Netflix. Now I tend to like bring up Netflix. Hey, what's new? Like I never did that before. <laughs> but there's nothing on, and so it's like, wow, that movie sounds pretty good. Let me watch that. Yeah. And then you then after that finishes, like, oh, have you tried this movie? Okay, sure. Let me watch that. <laughs> Those darn algorithms. Uh, all right. That's what we've been watching. Uh, let us know what you've been watching. Feedback at tvtimes3.com. Or uh, if you check out uh, any of these uh, other shows that, that we've talked about, uh, let us know what you think about Brave New World and the Capture, Intelligence, the Psych movie. And uh, also, are you planning to check out any of the uh, Comic-Con panels? You know, are you excited to check some of these things out because you've never been able to attend before or uh, let us know and uh, as always uh, you can uh, we'll have links to a bunch of the different things that we talked about uh, as well as where you can uh, contact each of us in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 423 and uh, thanks again Lynn and Kyle for uh, joining me on the podcast thanks for having us